Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. And I hope you enjoy this new show, whether you're viewing it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the episode. I do want to thank you for being part of my audience. You can also find links to videos or podcasts on MiamiGhostChronicles.com as well as where you can submit your story about any eerie experiences you've had, which I would love to hear about. Just go to the Submit Your Story tab. Please subscribe to our channel so that you receive notification of when we release a new show. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where I usually live stream and where I give you a behind-the-scenes look at locations where new episodes are being filmed at, I also tell you about all the interesting guests that will be appearing soon on Stories of the Supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural, and today I am more than excited because I have somebody from my hometown, from Miami, his name is Xavier Hayes, and besides the fact that he's a Miamian like I am, uh, just, he's an, what he writes about I think is fascinating and an understatement. First of all, he's an American author and a freelance researcher of conspiracy theories, lost civilizations, ancient aliens, ancient giants, and the globalist plans of the New World Order. He's the author of The Suppressed History of America and hosts one of the most complete online metaphysical libraries with links and resources to all major works in the field. He travels the world exploring and documenting findings on lost cities and the myths of the pre-Diluvian world. And he lives in South Beach. <laughs> so anyway, how are you doing today, Xavier? Oh, I'm great. It's another sunny day here. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Lucky us. Every time whenever I look at the, you know, these weather reports for the rest of the country, we're like, thumbs up. Yay. Yeah, it's a nice day out here. Even when it's like super windy and it's, you know, honestly, it's been kind of a little cold and it's definitely been a strange uh, winter. I know. Uh, but, but it's really uh, funny what we call cold everybody else would look go what are you talking about but i tell everybody down here if it dips into the 50s or 40s everybody pulls out there oh it's really cold and it's like because we're used to uh to 80s the 80s you know all the time, all yeah, the time. you want to start falling from the trees when it gets in the 50s yes exactly yeah we we've all got very thin blood down here we feel the cold right away and I laugh because I tell everybody, we know we don't usually have big coats. We just have like light. So when it gets a little bit cold, you see people layering with all their thin sweaters and stuff because around here, we just don't need those big coats that they use uh, up in the northern states. So, yeah. It's, well, it's uh, strange because uh, I just got back from London and oh, I had to shop for a jacket. And I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? That's right. Because it's like 
what the norm is. I mean, if you walk into a lot of these stores, even in the fall, like up north, they, they have all these like parkas and coats and scarves and uh, galosh, all this stuff. And down here, it, that thing will just stay on the rack and not move. I mean, I've had a, yeah. I have a great coat for when I travel. And I'm not kidding. I must, I've had it like for 10 years. Um, I have two coats, like one for with jeans and another one for like a little bit nicer. But I've had them forever because I use them very little. Exactly. I mean, I go to Ross. Yes. I can't exactly. find anything, and I'm like, oh, no. So I luckily found something at H&M. But, exactly. uh, you know, I'll use it basically if I go to London or whatever. I mean, exactly. a couple times a year, you know. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And I and hate having to – and, you know, being being a, like a professional beach bum, uh, the <laughs> idea of having to, like, wear jeans and sneakers and dressing up. Like, when I was in New York, it was – I couldn't stand it because, like, every day you had to, like, dress up, you know. You right. Put boots on or shoes, sneak, whatever. It's just Socks. <laughs> yes, yeah, socks. I mean, give me flip-flops and T-shirt and shorts, and we're good. Right. And and people don't understand because, especially not all Florida, but South Florida, where we're at, is subtropical weather, okay? So you need, you know, you want loose clothing, uh, you want your body to be able to breathe because if not between the heat and the humidity, which humidity. is the normal, yes. it'll kill you. So for us, that's what I'm saying around here, like you said, a shirt with some shorts, you know, if you're a girl sandals or maybe, you know, that's, that's it. I mean, even socks sometimes, you don't even want to wear socks because it gets hot and sweaty. Oh, if I'm playing basketball, about the only time I'll put on some socks. Right, right. Yeah. Like if you're going to do something like that, but otherwise, um, I think I tell everybody uh, the attire down here. I think we're the only ones in the country that have this type of attire between the, like I said, it's not only the heat, it's the humidity that we have down here that you have to wear a certain type of uh, clothing, the fit and just the materials, yes. because if not, you'd be like a walking sweat puddle. Wherever you, are, you, you learn, you learn early that you don't wear silk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's one of those things that, only only the natives here get it um as far as um you know the 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 clothing and how to survive the the heat because that's how everybody you know i i grew up i was born in miami and i grew up and um there was a time even where you know fans people would use a lot of the fans and the you know the overhead fans and this and you survived and you got used to it now we're like i say i'm a crybaby now if it's not air conditioned it's like <laughs> where's my ac quick but uh yeah it's a it's a place all very unique place and i'm sure you know it by now have having been here like we discussed earlier a long time but let me ask you something you like you said a you self-described beach bum which i don't think that's well, maybe you'll see yourself that way. But how did you end up uh, authoring or doing research on these types of topics? I think it comes from um, being in a house that I wasn't subjugated to, to religion or any sort of thought control. Okay. Uh, I kind of was – my parents were just kind of open and allowed me to – they're artists, so they kind of just allow me to, to check out whatever I, I, I kind of wanted to. And as a, I think I was 12 when I saw my first episode of In Search Of. Yes, I remember uh, that. Which was about the Coral Castle, so another oh. Miami connection. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, anyone who comes to Miami and doesn't visit Coral Castle uh, really, really needs to. It's one of the mysteries of the world and one of the yeah. wonders. It's incredible, truly incredible. Well, the truth is that even now they haven't quite figured out how this guy did that. You know, how he was no, able no. to make the, you know, be, I mean, if you ever looked at this guy, he was a real puny little guy. He was a short little guy, <laughs> skinny. And they can't yes. figure out first of all, how he was able to haul some of these stones and how he was able to pivot them and all these things there. Uh, they still, they really are not sure how he did that. So, yeah. It's a true mystery. Uh, mm -hmm. Truly incredible. He, he claimed himself he knew how the pyramids were built and had, it, I mean, something to do with uh, some sort of sound levitation or electric, electromagnetics or some sort of... Uh, anti-gravity maybe with magnets i mean you know there's the whole mystery of the black box you know that has been seen in some of his photos that they never found um see i hadn't heard about that what is it that they've that some photographs of him what they see some type of black box in the picture and they still don't know what that is right there's a few photographs of him kind of hoisting things and moving stuff but then you could always see a black box and it's wow uh they haven't been because when he died, they don't know what happened. I mean, they disappeared. It was, it was death. So uh, we don't know, and and that's kind of the curious thing. Um, but he talked a lot about uh, magnetics and um, sort of reverse currents, and he was looking for that specific area. Um, so maybe it has to do with ley lines, and uh, I mean, you're talking coral and heavy chunks, you know. Yes, I mean, for anybody, guns. I mean. When, yeah, I mean, you can see it on a television, but you really don't really understand which, until you see it up in front of you how heavy those stones would be. Uh, I mean, just for anything, forget Levitt, you know, because he, some of, you know, that he's made them into doors, that they pivot, like yes. you could push them. It, right, it's right. still like, how did he do that? With your finger, push it with your finger. Exactly. Like, how, how? how did he do that? They kind of kept that covered up for a long time. Um, uh, basically still do. I mean, it's not too many people even realize, uh, you know, that once you come to Miami, you can go to Coral Castle. Well. Right. I mean, it's, it's a small place. It's not a big place. But once you go in there, you really start looking at what he did and you kind of read his history. Uh, <clears throat> and, th and that's another thing. This guy was not really a scientist per se. He wasn't like uh, somebody that... Uh, had a background in physics or mathematics or engineering or anything. He was a Latvian immigrant um, that came over here and he still figured this stuff out. It's incredible. Yeah, what kind of knowledge did he have, you know? Um, right, or how did he gain down it? Down here too. I mean, he walked from New York, I guess, all the way down here. Uh, what was he searching for, you know? It, Truly I didn't know. See that part? I didn't know either. For all see here. So what? He oh he because what he immigrated to New York and he walked. He what he like hitchhiked or walked his way down from. Uh... He walked all the way down. Yep. Hey, you know what? Talk about. Talk about somebody that's determined. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And for what? I mean, why choose this? Because I mean, when he got the property, the people were looking at him like, "Are you sure?" I mean, you can't have a can't do anything with it. It's useless land. They basically gave it to him. Right. Right. Well, a lot of people don't realize that back then, you know, at the turn of the century, all you had basically was some people coming. This was like the land boom. And yeah, but, you know, basically 
it was very sparsely populated and people would just come out here. You had to deal with, talk about the heat and the mosquitoes. The heat and mosquitoes. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Malaria. Right. Uh, so you're absolutely right when you say land was cheap. <laughs> land was cheap. It was. Imagine that. Yeah, now, like who would have, you know, who would have known? Who would have known what oh, the price on some of this stuff was going to end up being? I mean, I, I want to say that maybe originally the most expensive, like all in all places, was the beaches. But way out west where this is at, this was like in the middle of nowhere. The only thing that the closest thing they had was when Flagler put that railroad that cut across and had, they had these little, like, stop-offs where, you know, they would drop off materials. But that was it. This is... This was like the middle of nowhere. Literally, you know, not, not when I say figuratively, a lot of people, no, it was literally the middle of nowhere. And again, you know, you pose a very good question. Why would he, and think about it, um, you know, a lot of the immigrants that came to the United States, they would stay up in New York because this is where there was opportunities for getting employment, for getting a job and, you know, and getting some money and, you know, making your way. So, yeah, this guy had a vision. And, you know, they, they say that it was because his girl back in Latvia had right. kind of like, you know, told him, you know, basically went off and married somebody else. But still, the guy. Had, that's the cover story. That's the cover story. Exactly. So, yeah, we have our own local mystery. Uh, but then again, so what, what was the... Uh, like you said, and, and uh, I think it's admirable, you know, that, you know, you were left to basically do your own mission of discovery as far as uh, things to believe in, whether it's historical, etc. So what was the first thing that you came across that you said, I would like to research this or or you thought what's out there is not really the truth or there's more to it? Well, I can tell you what. Um... I read Cherish the God as a teenager. <laughs> it was all okay. Right, exactly, and um, yeah, that because was he, he Danikin was the first one. He was the OG. He was the man. Um, yeah. Now know. it's a big deal because everybody has sees that program of right. ancient right. aliens, but ancient a lot of people aliens. don't realize when he came out with that book, Chariots of the God, it was like, yeah, right, okay, uh huh. Yeah. Uh, you know they they threw, him, they threw him in jail. I mean, they they, they well they the, basically uh, couldn't stand him. They were they were terrified. And especially what, what made him terrified was that college kids were onto it. Yes. They started seeping through the academic. And because um, I remember my uncle telling me, like, you know, when he was in college when that came out, when that, that was a big deal. And mm -hmm. That was that terrified professors, you know. Um, but but it's just logical. It makes absolute sense. And when you when you kind of read it and break it down, it's like, wow, this, this you know, this, this well, seems like, you know, why is that scary? This is, this is cool. This makes sense, you know? Well, the thing is this, if you think about it, because back then, you know, they had already been doing all these different archaeological digs on, you know, uh, and the Incans, you know, in Peru and Maya and all this. But they were always looking at it from the scientific. And what he was looking at, especially when you looked at some of the etchings or the Nazca lines and all these things that he was pointing out, uh, it's like you would think, why wouldn't you want to know what this stuff means? But... I've noticed that in academia, a lot of times there's certain thoughts that they don't want to have challenged, like you said. Oh, yeah, especially when he brought up the whole Nazca lines and how they can only be seen from the air. And mm -hmm. if you look at some of it, it looks like landing strips and how whole top of mountains were just carved off. I mean, it... Well, I, I think that what happens is exactly like what we were describing about this guy, the one that did... Um, 
down here, the, the Coral Castle, that you ask yourself, why? Why would these people go through all this trouble, okay, to manpower, in other words, to carve or to create these temples or these, uh, even those Nazca lines? Why would they do that? You, you always want to think, okay, there's some purpose because let's face it, back then, you know, manpower was needed to grow food. You know, they had right. fields, if they were hunters, if they had war parties. So when you did, were diverting manpower to doing all these uh, uh, projects, you're thinking, they're not going to do it for no reason. I mean, exactly. like... I mean, and, and, and why communicate to somebody in the sky? Even when Columbus came, even despite he was on ships, the first thing they asked him if he was from the sky. Like, why would they ask him that? That doesn't even make sense. You know, exactly. If there wasn't a past history of things flying around the sky, if you look at all ancient art, there's always some guy flying around in the sky. Yes. Uh, you know, so to me, truth is in the art. So it's, well, that's it's the kind of thing that you look at it and you think, um, especially when you look at some of these civilizations that supposedly don't have any type of connection. You know, there, there was no contamination where you say, okay, well, this civilization somehow or other, they met and exchanged ideas where they all had that common denominator of, like you said, either a visitor from the sky, whether it's a god or some type of something where they're coming from above. Right. Whether Everyone it, tells the same story, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, what bothers me, and you know, I did the first book, uh, The Suppressed History of America, which kind of influenced by uh, Barry Fell's work, America BC, and some of the, the early kind of diffusionist theories, which, again, make total sense, right? I mean, because they always wanted to sound like, oh, there was no pre-Columbian contact, and mm -hmm. they just miraculously developed the same, you know, ideas or whatever. You know, it's nonsense. I mean, you see so much proof of pre-Columbian voyages and visitations. And, uh, and it, it would make sense because, you know, the oceans weren't, they were highways. You know, you got in a boat and, and you want to go explore. The same reason why exactly. Columbus wanted to. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's just human nature, you know, to do this. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then, then you could talk about Columbus. Well, uh, what, what maps did he have? What was he going off? Because there's no way anybody, especially the, the, the king of Spain, queen of Spain would finance some, you know, some guy's expedition if they didn't have some sort of reason to. And, and the reason would be that he had a Phoenician map or he knew that there was something else across and he knew how to get it and I promised him gold or whatever. But uh, they, there's no way they would just be like, okay, you guys, you know, we'll finance your big expedition for because you're a dreamer. No way. That just doesn't work. Well, yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. You know, sometimes, yeah, you know, eventually, yeah, they did find all these civilizations like you know that they came across that but you know and like you said the cover story was that they were trying to find another way to china you know because before they you had the silk road but the silk road had a bunch of it was very long plus there was you know you were traversing in an area that was very times dangerous it would take years for them to go and come back so but still i'm thinking to myself you would think that when he went in there to ask for money, because this is what he was doing, he was asking for money, that he had to bring in there some type of really solid proof as like, I'm going to find something out there. Whether it's, Collateral. if it's not China, it's going to be something else. Right. But, exactly. and, 
and that's what they wanted. They, yeah, in other words, so because they were not going to finance uh, that amount of money for an expedition. Because remember, even then, you know, it wasn't too far before that people were thinking the Earth was flat. And even though they were royalty, they were not going to throw money believing this guy's going to fall off the face of the earth, literally. <laughs> so there, exactly. he must have gone in there with some type of uh, convincing argument and proof. And proof, like Just you said. Like today, you're not going to get anything if you don't have any type of collateral. Of course not. So it's of course the same not. Concept. And, you know, the thing that, you know, it's, I don't know if you've seen the South Park episode uh, the, where they, they kind of make fun of the, the Columbus Day and the statues and all the no i've missed that i've missed that but i can imagine that must have been hilarious so brilliant. it's hilarious and brilliant it's so funny um you know but all of a sudden you know columbus is like some evil guy or whatever and they don't even have a clue about anything about him I mean, well you know what you know, I, I think of it that the guy was an explorer you know there's people that are explorers and you know um and he was probably thinking you know what i need somebody to bankroll this for me but if i just tell them i want to go explore they'll say too bad but if i t give them something that they're going to get for funding this trip which is land and gold uh they're going to bankroll this uh right the funny thing is he never found any oh. and, and and they didn't and it's it's sad because you know the western expansion was going to happen no matter what it was, it was only a matter of time so uh but the, the, the kind of karmic thing is how they're all for this gold, and they really didn't get any gold. Uh, no. So that's why it's kind of, you know, God has such a humor in a way, you know? Yes, it does. But, and it's one of those things that, but they, got, you know, and but in, the, in that case, they got the next best thing, which is land. Land, right, right. Because remember, every time they would make a landing, they would claim it. Uh, for the king, for the queen, or whatever, they were basically, which is like that was pretty simple, <laughs> you know. We're, like, yeah, we're here first. Here, put out the flag in the sand, and it's ours. But of course, that's the way well, things work back then. Well, it's interesting because in Florida history, most people don't even know this that Saint Augustine, uh, which is the oldest uh, city in America, which was founded by the Spanish. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, yes, a really incredible history there, and probably the reason why like the CIA chose it as their uh, like retirement headquarters you know it's a lot of old masonic stuff going on in that city really uh, you know, fountain of youth. oh yeah um, oh, st augustine well i mean i've been i've been i've been to st augustine quite a lot because you can't <laughs> you live in florida <laughs> yeah. but i did not know that about the Maso the, the masonic stuff i did not know oh, that yeah. it's hardcore uh hardcore masonic cia kind of retirement area um because they, they're all into the cult and you know the history evolved there and you know, with the fountain of youth and all that stuff. So, wow, uh, definitely. And plus, it's super haunted. I mean, it's, oh yeah, uh, I know, I know. I mean, it's got a very, very long history. Um, you know, from all the way, like you said, and that was another thing also that there's now they're realizing that there was a lot of different groups that predated Columbus in finding the American continents, the you know North America. They keep finding this evidence that just because they didn't expand on it, like say like the Vikings and and uh, the other day I was watching a show where they were even thinking that maybe even the Chinese uh, came in on the West Coast by California, um, that that predate they just didn't do anything with it as far as the ambitions uh, of claiming land and then keep on sending over um, 
you know, more soldiers. Because remember back then it was not only the land and then we send over the priest, uh, you know, conversion and, the, you know, the whole thing. They just didn't send a couple of ships and never come back. They just kept sending people over. Um, but uh, I think that... A lot the of the Pacific history is much harder to cross, so I think that's the reason why we don't we never saw any of yeah. that on the West Coast. Yeah, and um, they, I think that a lot, and I agree with you when you say about American history. I think a lot of it, after a while, is like this is history, but it's not real history, or part of it is omitted. Yeah, and, most of it is. And I personally, I'm like. Give me the truth. I mean, let me this. I mean, history is history is history. It is what it is. Okay. That's what I feel. It belongs to us all. If aliens were genetically engineered thousands of years ago, or whatever, what's the big deal? Like that belongs to. We all have the right to know this. You know? So, well, uh, let me tell you something. I have my own theory on that. That you know, because you remember now in December they let that out, that cat out of the bag about that they actually were, were basically funding a program to. Just try to find out what were these UFOs that they couldn't account for, that they, they, the government, they, you know, they finally actually admitted to that there was money was being put into that. And I'm thinking to myself, everybody always thinks, okay, when the government eventually really truly admits that we've had ET contact, I think that part of the problem, despite what people think is, once they let that out, what if they end up not knowing as much as we think they do? Because that out, everybody's going to be asking, who are they? Where are they here for? Uh, are they good? Are they nice? Are they friendly? Are they going to eat us? And what if the government doesn't really know that much? Well, that's part of slow disclosure, I think. They have to uh, um, acclimate people. They, yeah, it's a slow process. And it's done for Hollywood and everything else. But, you know, the because the, most too many people know, so they have to kind of just divert and reflect and, and figure out how to systematically let this out and at the same time it's true they don't know and not every i mean everything's compartmentalized especially within the government so you know you're only going to know certain things uh and the real issue is and it it will like okay let's take a look at this guy uh elon musk right right look at the kind of things he's introduced now Mm -hmm. you gotta ask yourself he allowed to introduce these things Okay. Right, and I know what you're where you're going with that. That it's okay. We we're gonna we're gonna introduce these ideas because we're gonna use this guy as an inventor, which of yeah, course has exactly. deep deep pockets, so that he can bankroll all these different ventures. And this is the way Wait, of. Meanwhile, he's bank, bankrolled by the deep state, and, and that's, but no one will question that. No one will even think of that. They'll just think, oh man, this guy's smart, uh, you know. So that's that's how it works. And then you have. The real question and the reason why we might not ever know anything is because the technology, you know, if if there has been ET, recovered ET technology and this probably has gone on, going on since the, even the Nazis, I mean, they, they had incredible stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it's been going on since that time, re- keep in mind, we sold basically all their, you know, the American way to come in the last second, you know. Win the war, right. or take all the glory, kill other scientists, right? Exactly. With, the, with Nazi scientists, no one bats an eyelash. Uh, you know, so, you know, if they had been developing or captured uh, ET technology, even since the Roswell days. Right. Uh, uh, can you imagine how far ahead they are now? 
And I would assume 80% of all UFO sightings are just government technology, secret government Right, and that's, yeah, and that's the part that, you know, that it's like, you know, what's ours? Secret hours versus yeah. not yeah. ours. And then what's, you know, who is benevolent and what is there actually Oh, yes. You know, who, who is, uh, like, to me, I, I think, you know, I think Trump has some sort of protection with the benevolent. Well, see, and that's that's uh, that for sure. Right. Well, see, this is the thing that, and and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on my on my my little conspiracy here. You know what? Let's say you know I'm sure you've seen the X Files. As a matter of fact, that they're 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 love the X Files. The X Files. You know, even the new ones. Yeah, nah, exactly. But yeah. you know, the premise of the X Files was always that, like you said, the government had since Roswell had been involved with. Uh, ETs and alien technology and you know that they were they knew what was going on and that they had a handle on it okay and their problem was always that they had ulterior or dark motives but partially they didn't want to let out uh, to the public what was going on because they had their master plans but it was in the back it was the government was in control of things but what if that's not really the case and if you want to think of people getting scared, if that ever came out, can you imagine that the government ever says and they say, yeah, we have confirmed that some of these ships or these whatever UFOs are not, they're not ours, not anybody on Earth's, okay? And this, this, and that. But there's so much we don't know. I think a lot of people that are used to the government being like the parent like okay, the day they let it, they tell us they'll they'll have know everything about them, you know, like that parent-child right. kind of relationship. Right. And when they Which realize a... that maybe the government does not know as much as we think they do, and then everybody's gonna be like, "What do you mean you don't know if they're friendly? What do you mean you don't know if they're unfriendly? How many are there? You don't know? Can you imagine?" That's, well, that's the that's the issue we face because there's the government that's shown to us, and then there's the actual real government. There's DARPA. Uh, there's the shadow government. It go, it's in layers and levels. I know, so, and here we go down that rabbit hole. Yippee! It's just, it's just what it is. I mean, Isn't that know. scary though? That that um, that you would well, have it to. Is, it is, but the thing is, it's not because it's, it makes sense. You have, for instance, how would the government, um, you know, the our government that we think is, you know, for us, exactly. how are they going to let out? Uh, the truth about aliens or UFOs, if it's and, and still at the same time say, you know, we don't know, but they're not going to tell us about all the technology that they have because once they release the technology, that means everything we know is obsolete. Oh, Meaning of course, because of everybody's going to want to know. Okay, the questions they're going to be right because your gas, you know, it's done. like everything you know in our modern era is is, is done if it's over with. Meaning whoever controls that, who, like the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, all those people that have control and made right. all those. Think about this. I mean, 100 years ago in the Middle East, they were basically you know, fishing for conch shells and, and uh, beating their camels. They had nothing. Right. right? No. No. It was a so, very – some of them nomadic or very – yeah. And they would be that way right now if it weren't for certain individuals and pioneers in America that developed oil and discovered oil and how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So – and it's not very it hasn't been happening for that much long that long so right you know so in order for them to give that up completely 
I don't think it would happen. And if it did happen, they would already be controlling whatever techno new technology that's going about to come out to replace it with. Because there's no way they give up the Apple Cart and the Golden Goose and, and have nothing. Okay, uh, now, but so, I'm gonna I'm gonna now that you opened that, let's let's go there. That you said about petroleum, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna let's go into you know that now the big thing is all the electrical, all the transportation that doesn't use supposedly fossil fuels, electric cars. Okay. And a lot of people say, well, you know what, that's going to end our, um, our dependence on oil and fossil fuels and the environment, and blah, 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 blah. Now, you know, recently here, when we had the hurricanes, uh, back in the last hurricane season, there was a bunch of people that were trying to leave. And I don't know if you heard this story that there were some people, you know, one of the problems that these people had, the ones that had the electric cars, was let's face it, you can only go X amount of miles. Mm -hmm. And it's not like you have a gas station, you know, you're not gassing up on gasoline. No. And what they found out was some of these people, which there weren't that many, I think it was the Tesla, that Tesla all of a sudden power. they got an update and they told you can go further than you thought. In other words, Tesla, the manufacturer, pushed a button, flipped a switch, I don't know what they did, where all of a sudden these cars could go further than what the owners knew. Which oh, for sure. equates to this manufacturer has control mm -hmm. or where and how far you can go in that vehicle. Yeah, and why those and they're solar power, but they don't even tell you that. So you're just you're just gaining power every day without even knowing it. Well, think um, about it. If you can control somebody's movement, uh, and I'm talking traveling wise, you know, because a lot of people always think of it. Well, it's great to go to work or this. But let's say in that instance, like people are trying to get out of the state because, hey, I, I want to get out of here. I'm not going to stay home or it's unsafe or whatever, whatever your reason is. And I wouldn't want to find I'd be besides the fact once the, the, the little mini crisis, the hurricane crisis was over, I'd be really mad because I don't want somebody to be able to tell me you can't go that far or here. Let me flip the switch. And I'm going to let you go further. Because when you start talking about having your movements controlled, I think that's not a good thing for us at all. Well, that's the next step. That's why you're seeing, seeing the push towards driverless cars. Yes. And basically transhumanism. I mean, that's the ultimate kind of goal. Yes. Uh, and that's where we're being pushed towards now. And you see it every day. I mean, beware of zombies, right? I mean, uh, so well, you, you have – that's another thing I don't talk about at all, nanotechnology and robots mm -hmm. and how – you know, it's just it's, it's approaching very fast. I mean, it's, it's well, going to happen. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not anti-technology. I think technology is great when it serves us. But I think a lot of times it's, it's presented as of benefit to us when indeed in the end it's, it will not be that. Of course, nothing ever is. I mean, it, you know, we love our smartphones and look at all the information yes. we could get, all the knowledge, but look at the. Yes. And. People into zombies turned into antisocial. Look at all the teenage suicides going on, um, way yes. more than it's ever been. Uh, yes. uh, there's so much negative aspects to it as well. The radiation, the brain tumors, the. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's, it's out of control. I mean, it, it's terrifying. And you know you what? Know? Um, because the other day I was, you know, you know, just about every other week, you know, you hear of some company that's 
gets hacked, their records get hacked, or an agency or somebody. And supposedly you're always thinking all these people would have a superior uh, internet defense, whatever they need, system on their IT, you know, whatever. I think to myself, I'm ready to go back to my daytimer days, okay? Because I'm old enough to remember when I used to have a daytimer and I used to carry it everywhere with me. Guess, guess what? Nobody could hack into it, all right? Where I kept all my phone numbers and, you know, my contacts. Not that I have anything that interesting, but let's face it. And it was like, okay, you know what? You never thought about that unless you were stupid enough to leave it somewhere. But otherwise, um, you know, like you said, there's some things that now we become so dependent on that we failed to see the downside of it. Um, Digital, look at they're moving cashless society, which they've been wanting to do, so they're getting rid of that, and they're moving towards the cryptocurrency, right? The whole yes. Bitcoin. Yes. You know, that's another another mark of the beast type scenario. Uh, you know, everything in credits, like every sci-fi writer who's ever lived, basically, has been warning us about this. All right. Uh, so you're seeing this as well, and you know, here's take for example what happened in Puerto Rico. You know. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico got smashed the hurricane. Right. Power's out. No one access to money. Can't get the cash. Yeah. The is out. So what are you gonna do after a couple of weeks and you you ain't got no power. You ain't got no cash. You know, grandma hoarding the cash in her bed is uh, starting to look like a smart thing now. You know. Oh, you better uh, believe it. You better believe it. And a lot of people, uh, they don't. But you know, you're always. Um, I want to say. Is it Japan? I want to say it's Japan. I believe you have to account. You can't have like cash. Like everything has got to be um, basically like a credit or a way to track your expenditures. Okay. You just like right now, you know. It is China or Japan. I want to say it's Japan. I want to say it's Japan. In other words, they don't want you to have cash in hand or much less gold. Forget that. Um, They want to be able to track of course, how much money you get, which everything is direct deposit now, everything plus, digital. right, where, about you, what you buy, what you're doing, right, I want to track, I want to know that you got $20,000 $20, cash sitting in your closet, oh, no, no, exactly, in other oh. words, you have to explain, it's not like, uh, yeah, and a lot of people, they don't understand that there's certain parts of the world where you cannot go in and buy gold like you do, you can here in the United States, and why? Because let's face it, you buy gold, whatever amounts or whatever, whether it's in coin or any other form, and you put it away. Who's going to know, you know, what you have? And the thing is to basically track who has what, because that's how you control. Ultimately, the idea is to control. Control. It's all about control, and this is why you know they're all trying to buy all the gold they can because they know mm-hmm. that's never been worth zero. Actually, the only yes. thing that's worth something. Yes. Uh, and, and the problem is, people don't realize that gold is super scarce, and most of that gold is not even real gold. It's mostly tungsten and and lead based, or, or just gold plated. You know, it's not. It's it's, it's hardly ever gold. Right. Uh, but we're in a situation uh, where, you know, me and my uncle, and uh, we have a. a archaeologists we have a team basically that found a lot of gold like uh, a crap ton of gold really and uh yeah we're kind of in the process of you know it's a it's a yeah deal with the government of course and it's mm-hmm. so it's a slow careful step-by-step process um and it's gonna get real crazy because 
uh, we're getting close to actually revealing some, doing doing the first dig. Um, wow. And that'll be great. But there's even more there that's just so ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of the, the Lost Dutchman Mine. Uh, the, yes. Okay, well, it's the famous Lost Mine in Arizona, right? The Superstition Mountain. Yes. So so if we if somebody, per se, found that. Uh-huh. You know, the most valuable gold mine in the world, you imagine. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You imagine? Yeah, insane. So that's why I know for sure Trump is president and was meant to be president. Because we know we what we found. We found it years ago, uh, and there's no way in hell that could ever be revealed under Hillary or Obama. Oh, I was gonna say that it's all in the timing. <laughs> I know so, what you mean. So when he got elected, we were like, "Whoo!" <laughs> well, and you know what? I I I have I have a big problem. I have a big problem. This is my personal belief. I um I I don't like. Interference from the government. And let me explain. I understand that we need laws to have a framework so that everybody's safe. I understand that. I, I get that. Okay, because there are benefits to having laws and structure in society. Yeah, we have that. You know, we, we, that's fine. That's And that's, I don't have a problem, you know, because a lot of people are like, I, I'm anti, I, no anarchy, thanks. Okay, forget it. That's like, like, like let's destroy civil. No, I'm not. I believe that we need laws yeah, and that what? we need structure so that the society can function. Okay, but when all of a sudden everything you do, you have to account for or you're being looked at. Okay, uh, even now, thank God, like you said, some they've they've pulled back on you know on the business, uh, all these hurdles that they would put on businesses. Okay, because everybody thinks just of giant companies. A lot of small and middle-sized businesses are the ones that employ a lot of people locally. Okay. Right, and it's almost impossible to do it because you have to pay so much in fines and taxes, right, and, and everything else that you don't even make any money. It's like absolutely right. ridiculous. Right, you and to open a restaurant in Miami Beach? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, oh, it's not even worth it. It's it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult, and I think to myself, um, that's that. See, that's the part that I'm that I'm hoping that's going to. Uh, because it's not only big companies, because everybody now looks at, you know, that, that Apple is going to invest all these billions of dollars and all these big, giant, well-known corporations are giving out bonuses. But I think to myself, folks, there's a lot of small and mid-sized business owners that they offer a lot of employment to people where they live at, okay? And like you said, it was making it so difficult for them that they were – sometimes they really do need the manpower. Maybe it, not, it might not be 200 people, but maybe they can employ five people. Okay, but that's five jobs. Um, the thing, you got to understand like Apple and all these big companies are coming back here because Trump basically cut off the, cut off the pipeline. Of course. They've been looking good, getting free billions and billions in yeah. tax write-offs for free for years. So – I right. Mean, they're, so then I realized, like, hey, wait a minute, okay, we have to kind of funnel this back in and have a show, make it look like we're, we're contributing back. But the, the little man, you know, basically got wiped out. The middle class kind of got wiped out. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they're still picking up the pieces. They're still trying to figure out how we can, uh, you know, get a piece of the American pie, you know? I mean, of course. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Not everybody, that's the thing, you know. Yeah, there's people that do have ambitions of starting a business and becoming multimillionaires, but. There's a lot of people, which I've always think is part of America's backbone, which are the small business owner, okay, who has a company, a small company or a small business where he makes a living comfortably and his workers 
make a living and maybe they can pass it on to their kids if they want it doesn't mean they're going to be millionaires but let me tell you something these these are the people that uh they, they make they make things work you know and you don't have to go work for a big huge corporation that and uh, that over that kind of sees you not as a person but more as a number and i know because i've worked in huge corporations i know oh, what that's like yes i mean Horrible. they even though i worked during a time period where they were pretty good as far as like benefit stuff that you don't see anymore and this these were the companies that people would work for 20 30 40 years and then right. you would retire but you could retire you know you had nice benefits right. you had a retire that doesn't exist that that's exist like the anymore. that's like the no, dinosaurs <laughs> what's about to... no yeah that's that's way gone <laughs> you know no. so and they make it impossible to retire anyways like how, yeah i know how i know. Are you going to like retire when rent is you know 1200 bucks and you only get yes. rent yes like how is that how's that work i mean how who who on earth thinks that a half million dollar house is actually a real thing yeah. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I want to say uh, about a month ago, I heard that Miami had become one of the most, the highest uh, city for rentals. The highest rental prices were here in Miami. I'm looking, you know, I, I uh, you know, so I'm looking for something and, and it's just like, why bother when I, that's yes. a mortgage payment. I mean, cause literally they'll charge you like five grand to get keys, you know, to move into a house. Yes. And it's like, well, I could just, a couple more grand, I could get a freaking mortgage payment. Like, why would yes. I? Why would I even waste my money on that? Yes. Uh, you know. But then here's the real question: Is how do you save five grand? How do you save seven grand? This is uh, the thing. You know, that's 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 the thing right there. I mean, luckily I've been fortunate enough to, uh, you know, make a, a few extra dollars from the books. Um, but you know, when you don't have anyone helping you, when you don't have grandma leaving you money or anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're pretty much screwed. So it's it, it's, and that's the rat race, and that's what they want. I mean, the system is designed so you never get ahead. So, and right, at 80%, right. Eighty eighty two percent of the the wealth last year was accumulated by the one percent. Right. I mean, that's, See, and but that's this great. is, and you're absolutely right because I'll tell you, you know, when I was in my twenties, and you know, that was another thing. I, I I'm not gonna put you guys down, but I was I was ready to get out of my house. I wanted to like. <laughs> I wanted to leave. I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to like, uh, I was. I wanted to drive when I was 16. And uh, but just to give you an example, um, back then, yeah, you. It's true. You know, if you wanted to buy the same house, you had to put money together. But it wasn't so impossible. The amount didn't have to be so astronomical that you would be saying, "There's just no way I'm going to be able to put together this amount for a down payment and for closing costs and all the things that pop up. Let's say when you're purchasing whatever, whether it's a house or an apartment, a townhouse." Um, it was an it was an attainable thing, you know. So then you have you know like you know have you have people that say they would move in with parents or newlyweds and they would put their money together and then they would buy a house. But it was you could do it. Now it's like you're right. Good luck on that. You'll get it maybe in ten years, and that's if you don't go anywhere. Don't even go catch a movie. Just stay home all the time. Yeah, uh, it's, it's impossible. And the thing is too is you got to understand, you know, even at my age, uh, you know, in America, like we're unique in the sense that. You know, when you're 18, we kick them out. <laughs> or when you're 18, well, you're ready. You're ready. To, you're ready to go do it. I I'll mean, be. You just... know what? I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, my my children are grown up, and one of the things I told them was, I, I, I you know, I said, as long as you, you know, you got a job and you know, like a little part time, and you're going to school, you guys are welcome. You know, because I knew what I saw was, and I saw this, that if you don't didn't have some type of 
formal education, even if it was a macrame, you know, you weren't going to get anywhere. I, I, I started in a workplace where people sometimes went in there with high school education, but they worked their way up and they got promoted. And maybe it would take them 15 years, but it would be okay. I saw that that was not the case anymore. You know, without some type of degree, a lot of corporations wouldn't let you in the front door, even to an entry-level job. Oh, no. So, you have millennials like, <laughs> who, don't, who, who basically want to stay home and think communism is a great thing. Oh, they my God. Parents in the 20s are all about socialism. They don't have a freaking clue about anything. No, no. that's And that's like, let me tell you something. Talk about um, th that, uh, you know, uh, that that right now people don't, don't understand um, – that dependence, it's the price tag that comes with that dependence that you develop on the government to take care of you. Because basically that's what it turns out to be. Uh, they don't... That's how they destroyed the black community is with you know, 50 years of welfare and, and uh, introducing the crack and then taking away the fathers and the family. And it's destroyed uh, generation because of it. Well, uh, and you know what? I, I believe that ambition should be rewarded and a lot of people think that the word ambition is a bad word like oh you're going to run people over that's not what i'm saying i'm not talking walk walking on people's head but that if you have ambition and you're willing to work for something whether it's to study or to work or whatever you need to do to obtain or excel in something you should be rewarded for it and if you're one of these people that's low drive well okay fine maybe you don't have the same as that other guy that maybe busted his butt doing what he needed to do to get where he was at that's you know i think that that's the way it should be you know right but the culture doesn't allow that or create that anymore i mean the culture is degenerate you know college is not looked at as a place that you're going to learn and get anything at party and to get you know indoctrinated with social justice uh <laughs> liberal nonsense and it's, it's it's sad but i mean this is yes. why you see you know um you know, doctors from all over the world, and you never see any American ones. <laughs> well, they they were saying you're right. They were saying that there's a shortage of doctors here in the United States. As far as what you're saying, not that they're you know they were you know, because some of them come from other countries and sometimes they finish their medical medical education here. There is a shortage of American doctors, and I don't. I, I even now in my regular doctor, uh, there's one doctor, and all the other ones are what they call PAs, physician assistants. Uh, which are very good, but still, that was unheard of five or seven years ago, really. And I'm saying, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's uh, well, it's the the it's it's it's, it's, done, it's done by design, you know, yes, literally, yes, it's done, and it's been steered this way for the last fifty years. Uh, it's not, it's no accident. Um, I agree so. with you. I agree with you. I agree with you that everybody thinks that things like that sometimes happen like a thunderclap and here it is. And I think it's a lot more insidious no. the way it, no. they work it in here uh, into, but, like you said, the where it's the norm, in other words. Right. But the truth is, like, the individual is responsible no matter what at the end of the day for, for everything. Sure. You, you have to have your own goals. You need to set them up. It's up to you to avoid the pit trap of society. And 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 um, and to know it's up to you to do the right thing, to do good, to do yes. the best you can, best you can do, and and do it. And once you do that, man, you'll be all right. Like uh, the world will open up to you. Well, but, but you know, you can't 
uh, expect things to be handed to you and then complain when your life sucks because you want to blame every, everyone else and you don't want to take the steps necessary to do it. Even though it might be a little bit harder than it was a few years ago, well, uh, you, you, you still have to do it. You know what? And I think a lot of it depends also on your mindset where... Oh, 100%. Only your mind. It's, all, it's the power of the mind. It's just like some people... Uh, easily can be addicted to drugs or have a problem with opiate or painkillers yes. or whatever. And some people like myself, I can have a few Percocets, no problem. It's not even a big deal. Like no, I, don't I, have, I don't have the mindset to like become a junkie or whatever. Right, yes, and I know that. I, I know exactly what you mean. I've I've had, uh, like one time I had a jack fall on my toe and, you know, when I went to emergency room, they gave me, I want to I want to say it was Percocet or one of these pills down as a big opioid and I think I took one and that was it and I found that years later the bottle which I threw out because it was like there was no and I was thinking man there's people out there that would kill for this bottle <laughs> exactly it's like you did what it was like uh, yeah I mean I took one and that was it and I um and and, and I mean as a Matter of fact, that's my area of expertise, which is addictive behavior and, you know, and addictions and et cetera. And, and the truth is, I mean, we could go into that as far as the personalities and prior trauma that makes a person, um, how can I say, they're predisposed to addictive behavior or falling into addiction. I mean, but that's right. a whole different show. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on, um, which... Let's go with the opioid thing, which basically any type of addiction is wanting to escape reality. That's, you know, right. that besides what it does to your body that, you know, your brain receptors want it and whatever. It's, um, I think that that happens sometimes because uh, for some reason we kind of lose the ability to deal with reality. <laughs> Even disagreeable <laughs> stuff that happens to people. Okay. Um, where... Believe me, I, I consider myself a happy person, but it's inevitable that unless you live on a mountain under a rock, bad things happen to you or to people around you, and you you got to deal with it, you know. Um, and you might go for days, sometimes even months, depending on what happened. But some people don't want to deal with that. They just don't. There's there's like the resilience, I guess, is what I'm looking for, is not there to endure and say, I'm going to come out the other side. I don't, I don't need to take something to, to take me to the happy place. So I don't have to think about it. And, uh, I think that that's, that, uh, we've kind of lost that ability sometimes with some of, uh, the newer generations. I want to throw them onto the bus. Generally, the, the, the generation Z, well, no, not so much Z, but the millennials, etc. Because um, they're exposed to everything at an early age, so by the time they're 18, they're kind of just, like, they've done it and seen it, and well, it's like, like, meh. So, you know, it's easier, I think, for them to, you know, like we talked about earlier about the suicide rate. It's incredible. Yes. So, yes. So I think, you know, the, the damage is real, and, and then, you know, everyone gets depressed. I mean, that's Of course, easy, right? of course, everybody you know, goes through stuff that, that, that you're normal. like... Yeah, of course, and then but, you... But it's not normal to kind of stay there or to exactly. go to the extremes. And, you know, and it plus, you know, it, it all depends on your home situation. A lot of things. Uh, your, it's a lot you know, of things. We're all product of our environment mm -hmm. and everything. You know, I, I've been blessed to have kind of seen pretty much everything and grow up in a way where God has showed me so many different 
things and so many different paths and so many possibilities. Uh, and I always was, was like, okay, you know, um, teenager living with my aunt and, you know, they're all cranked out and it's the crack house and, you know, all this, you know, heroin and crystal meth and all that. Okay. And you're kind of like, well, uh, you know, do I want to, do I really want to go down this? Do I really want to, uh, be involved in this or even, you know, cause you see, you know, very observant. So you kind of see around you mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, well, nah, nah. And then, you know, luck, luckily I always had sort of a connection with God and religion in, That's in good. Defense sense. Not really religion, but just... I know what you mean. I grew up reggae music, right? So, you know, jaw and all this stuff. And, and, you know, it really kind of saved me in a a way because when I was dropped off in Miami and thrown to the wolves, Mm -hmm. I had had no desire to smoke crack or anything like this. Right. I I was like, what is that garbage? There's no no point, you know? And I always had my art. I did my music or whatever it was. and, And to me, nothing was more terrifying than losing my freedom. Like, there's no way I did. I did. I mean, well, I did, and that's like, the thing. And in the county jail when I was a teenager, and that was enough. I was like, "Whoa, there's uh, no way!" I'm, like a reality. No, and this is no. the thing. At some point, you realized and that you were writing this. That you, what was your story going to be? Is really what it sounds like. And you, at some point, said, "What is my story going to be? Is my story going to be this that I was exposed to, or I, that's not the story I want for me?" Thanks. Exactly. I'm uh, I'm a legendary figure. Like I, I, I have stuff to communicate. I know that's the reason why I had these experiences because it was for me to be able to. Because I had skills. My grandmother was a writer. And, okay. You know, I, I, I had these certain skills, and I knew that eventually I would need to be able to use these, and they would sure. come somehow. They would come into play. Uh, so it's just you know and, I look at it as just ammunition for for the future. Well, and you and you and it sounds believe it or not. Xavier, that you realize something uh, sometimes, like you said something about responsibility. The flip side of responsibility is that it allows you control over your life. And for some people, that's really scary. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, you're responsible, but that means you can control stuff. You're the one that controls what you want and what your story is going to be and what's going to happen to you, despite whatever your background was, whatever, wherever you came from, whatever. If you want to play the pity game, don't get me wrong. There's there's a time and place for pity. Absolutely. But there's a point that I call self-preservation. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Which means I want to live and this is the story I want. And I have control, which means there's certain decisions I'm going to have to make. And yeah, sometimes I'm going to screw up. I'm going to make a mistake. Hello. That's called being a human being. And then there's other things that are going to work out, but I'm going to go after my dream, which it sounds like what you did. You know, you went after yeah, your absolutely. dream and these things that you wanted for yourself, exactly. uh, I mean, I, which I, I, I hats kinda, off to you. I, I've always kind of accomplished whatever I wanted to, and that's the whole thing. Like, I, I, I that's why I know, like, a matter of time, we'll be doing movies and, and everything yeah. else, because it's just, you know, I, I, I said I have goals that I'm out to do it, and I, I do it. It may not work out the way, you know, you think, but point is you get it done and I think that's what's lost on, and especially the younger generations is, is they're not taught properly to have goals and to and to take the licks because you know obviously you're going to take a good beating but you got to get back up you know it's just that's part of life uh, well so, you know what and I think and, and, and I have to say this is something that also the newer generation you know with social media 
which we were talking about the suicide, some of these suicides that happen because, you know, basically your life is under a microscope for good and bad. Okay. And in some cases, I'd say there's nothing worse nowadays than being ordinary. And if you don't believe me, look at all these superhero movies that come out. Like the worst oh, thing that could be is being an ordinary person. And you know what? There's nothing being average, believe it or not, or ordinary. You know, it's not a bad word. As a matter of fact, the happiest people, the most well-adjusted people are the average people. <laughs> people don't realize that. You don't need superpowers. It's all great if you see it in a movie. But ordinary, believe it or not, for all, for happiness, for longevity, for all those things is a good thing. Okay. Oh, of course we do. Of course we do. And that thing, like we were talking about social media, you know, kids that have committed suicide. Yeah, that they've... um you know, that some things have happened to them and uh, somebody's posted stuff about them on social media. And the thing, the next thing you know, some of these kids who they might have been fragile to begin with for certain things, they end up committing suicide. And right. you know what's and I've learned this. And, and because I do remember when I was a teenager where you think that everybody is looking at what you do. And the right. big secret is nobody is. Everybody's nobody kind of, cares. Nobody no. cares. Yeah, for a minute, for a minute, yeah. But then after that, people forget because they're all caught up with their own things. But right. when you've always been bullied. Yeah. And, and oh yes. And then how do you deal with the bullies? You punch them back. Literally. Right. Right. Whether it's and a bully, you, that, you, you know, whether you somebody. You know, post something that they shouldn't. You know, and and, and some of these stupid kids that post pictures that it's like, are you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> wait, wait, would you do that? But anyway, whatever. It comes and it goes. But I know that when you're younger, you think this is the end of the world. And some of them do it literally, they, they literally and figuratively look at it that way. But it doesn't. That comes, I mean, some people, I can, sometimes I don't even remember what I wore three days ago or what. You know, it's like people are so uh, absorbed by what's going on in their personal lives especially also if you're a teenager or younger that yeah maybe for 24 hours and then something else will come up and this thing that you think my god everybody knows everybody saw it everybody's thinking or saying guess what that spotlight does not exist <laughs> it doesn't right. but you made a very good point we're driven by celebrity here you know and everybody either wants to be a celebrity or like a celebrity or thinks that which is the flip side of celebrity which is when you get the wrong kind of attention right. which, it's narcissistic everyone yeah narcissistic. that is narcissistic well have you seen <laughs> so a lot of these celebrities sometimes they 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 set up things that are you would think that's really embarrassing but as long as they get some type of coverage they don't care you yeah, don't care it's, it's disgusting and it's and who wants to be famous like i said i can't think of something more ridiculous like we, i mean you know i'm no famous people and it's like they don't want to be famous trust me like you know there's certain things you know you're artist, you do your work or whatever, mm -hmm. and sometimes exactly. it comes to the territory, but sometimes it's overblown, and you're and it's really ridiculous, and nobody wants that. Uh, you know, like this old Bill Murray quote, you know, when they asked him, how do you like being rich and famous? And he's like, I like the rich part. <laughs> yeah, of course. Don't get me wrong. Let me tell you something. I'm the first one. Money makes life easier. Let's face it. Money makes life easier. I don't care what anybody says. Sure. All right? You think you're free? Try going somewhere without money. Yeah, I mean, hello, <laughs> but that's a capitalist in me talking. But um, the thing is this, that there's, um, and, and, and I don't know, well, I'm sure you have seen, you know, all this thing that's coming out from Hollywood where, 
you know, what the price some of these celebrities were paying, especially when they were young and coming into the field. How some of them, what they call a casting couch and things like that, where they that's always existed. And yeah, now they want to cry about it twenty years later. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, come on. It's yeah, just... this was this was uh this was if you really thought that you were gonna go out there, um, <laughs> it's like someone who personal experience and done all that. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm... it's all like it takes is about a, a week in Hollywood for you to just run. <laughs> well, run, right, run, that's run. that, that's that's, and that is like you said, you made made a very good point since they since the twenties or whatever when they started talkies and the Hollywood land was set up and just look I at mean, Charlie Chaplin. I mean, he was just. That it's that's that's always been that way, and even and they all know it, and, and these women they know it. Now that doesn't mean, you know, you're any less of a pig or whatever, you know, obviously, but because uh, there's still always a correct way to do things, and the, well, but the issue with that is it creates this whole uh, environment now, and it's it's really kind of. It's kind of strange because look at James Franco. I mean, they didn't even nominate him for the Oscar because they're worried about the backlash. Yeah. Because some mm -hmm. some girl was like, oh, you know, I I, I, I signed a contract to do the hundred dollar nudity scene, mm -hmm. but I didn't get my career didn't advance, and he wanted me to give him a blowjob or whatever, right? I mean, what, what do you expect? What do you what do you think? Like, well, how is how is that wrong? I mean, it's not like he's banging nine-year-old girls or anything. Well, see, the thing is, what happens with this is that, and I'm sure there's, I don't want to say all, but, you know, there's some people that are naive. And thinking back, I'd probably, I'd probably be one of those that if I, if Most I had this really age. talented in some aspect, I'm thinking I'm going to go out there and my talent is going to carry the Everyone. day, you know. And then all of a sudden it's like, reality time and that's or i think truth. right or and yes. i think that also accounts for some mediocre talent becoming so famous obviously and they, yeah like see, that's just how it is so the soul look and but see again here's but they noticed how they glossed over the pedophilia stuff oh yes which is the real issue and the yes. real concern in hollywood yes Corey feldman give that guy all the props in the world man yes like you know they don't dare mention any of that no right? Absolutely not, because that that that's when we start that's, going into okay, yeah, you know, before yeah, really it was it was bad enough that you know here women are or men because I've heard it goes both ways. Goes both ways. You know, uh, hey, you want to get that part or you know whatever. Yeah, Most you did really good in your audition, but guess what? You know, we want come back for a second thing, and then the the, the second interview after the audition is. This is what, what you're going to whatever, whatever. Okay, but that yeah. bad enough as it is. But we're talking adults here. The part right. where I personally I think is unforgivable because there's just no other way to look at it is when you're talking children, because at the end of the day, when you're an adult, you always have a choice. You can say, yeah, "Screw you, I'm leaving. I'm not going to the to the hotel room." You know what I'm saying? I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye. And you either walk, take a taxi, take a bus, take your car, and you get out of there. But when you're a kid or a child, sometimes you do not have that ability. You don't. To and say. To me, is, yeah, and I, 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 to me, that's the most thickening part. And I, I, you know, that's why I applaud Corey Feldman. I mean, look at Corey Haim. I mean, Corey Haim yeah, was like 13 yeah. instead of Lucas was great. Yeah, and that was it. I mean, that literally changed and, and ruined yes. kind of yes. every sort of relationship, anything, any formenting. Yes, yes, it does. Adulthood that he ever had, drugs. I mean, he was done from that point on. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
and he's just one of the many that there's yeah. more that's not even I'm sure there's about. a lot of stories more more unknown than have ever come exactly. out yep. because uh one there's the shame okay or, or two if you do become famous is like okay I'm not about to tell anybody well, yeah, what I'm happened to me saying the head of paramount did me in and cuz when I'm super famous and my life's great, you know. Yeah, it's, it's something they're just gonna have to carry with them, you know. Right, and but, I don't uh, want, I don't want my, especially if you attained any type of, you know, fame or you've got things going right. on with you, like, like I don't want to be cut off at the knees and that'll be the end of my acting jobs or anything like that. Yeah. Well, look at Kevin Spacey. Oh my I mean, God. They literally cut him out of the whole movie and replaced him. But he, see, and and things like that, and, but see, and this is the part that sometimes I don't know if to call it hypocritical or what. I can't believe that everybody that works in that industry in LA and you know all the all that that movie industry doesn't know all these things. <laughs> Come no, on. They all protected it, of course. I mean, that's why I mean, I mean to me it's just what what's done in darkness comes to light no matter what. So it's just a matter of time. I mean, tell you but, yeah, they're all guilty. You all you if, if you did if you didn't witness it, you know about it or second I am going to give you when I worked for a big corporation, which is a microcosm. You knew everything that was going on about everybody in there. Of course. Okay. Um, it, it was like even if you had even if you hadn't walked in and seen it firsthand, after a while you knew the rumors that persisted. That like, okay, there's some truth to that, or you actually saw. Right. And it's the same Hollywood's thing. Hollywood's a small little community, a small circle. You know, it's like in the music industry, or whatever. It's very small. Like they said, a small club, and you ain't in it. So it's they. Everyone kind of knows. Right. So all these people now that are guess. are becoming looking outraged is like you're outraged now. You yeah, knew what was right, happening right. there, especially with the kid part. That's what I have a real, I and 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 how can I say when it also when it comes to forcing anybody, even if it's an adult, a man or a woman. When I'm saying here, we're talking here, rape, uh, you know, or coercion. You're being forced. Okay, that's different. That that's, that's also right. wrong. Okay, but um, a lot of these that you're looking at them now, and it's like, okay, okay, how outraged are you going to get? Uh, now that of course it's it's okay to do so, you know your outrage. Yes, it is. They're jumping on the bandwagon. It's yeah. manufactured outrage. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It, it is because it fits into the narrative of, of what's coming out it's and. The narrative. Mm -hmm. And I want to be on the right side of this. I don't want anybody to think that I knew about it and I never did anything. Right. Which is. Which is kind of bad yeah. in a way. Oprah giving her little speech when she oh, was, that like, was serving, funny. Uh, serving up uh, every every girl in, in Hollywood to Weinstein, her best friend. You know, and that's and, another uh, thing. Even you know, because I know they've they've shown these pictures of her talking, whispering, and what's his face's ear, uh, Weinstein's ear, kissing, kissing whatever. His ear, though. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, even if even if it just showed her whatever, you're gonna tell me somebody that's probably been at every party after party before party Ooh. is not going to know what's going on with a person with somebody yeah, as right. powerful Oprah, like him super illuminati she's super she's like one of the only people women or black ladies or black persons in general who's been in those meetings and been at the levels of like uh you know the mr burns <laughs> like so, truly disgusting so really now disgusting. that now that you said that I word Illuminati. Let's hear. What do you think is because the Illuminati or the the concept of Illuminati has been around for a really long time. What do you think is the Illuminati now in the 21st century? Are and we looking? George freaking Washington was warning about this back in the 1700s. I mean, uh, 
the Illuminati is basically. Are we talking globalists, say, or was that what we're talking here, or what? Well, it's 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 the elite. It's it's the you know the, and it's even consists of people that you'll never know and, and that has power behind the scenes. Like, you yeah, know, you wouldn't even know. Yes, it, it's 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 that deep. It's, right, that if you said their name, you'd say, "Who is that?" Who is that? You wouldn't even know. It's it's at that level, and it's what their goal is is to have a new world order, and that's globalism, and that's why we've been staring in, in this towards the new world order for the past fifty years, and that's why they hate Trump so bad because Trump is like, "Nah, we're we're, we're not doing that," uh, and just basically <laughs> destroying all their plans they've been working towards, uh, and they need to have a new world order. I mean, that's like that's why they have that's why they love China. They, like they they use China as a model to to force. The rest of the world into because China has the perfect system according to their beliefs. Yes. China is communist, but only yes. for the people. It's, yes. It's, it's basically capitalism for them. Uh, and you ever wonder why there's a, how anyone in China can become a billionaire when it's communist society? Like that doesn't even make sense. Well, there's a reason why. Well, uh, let me tell you something. To... If you think about, and this is the this is this is the part that I don't get. What regardless, can you imagine? doing what they did in China where you were allowed one child and people would kill their a female because in that culture, you know, if you're only going to be allowed one child, you want it to be a male child. Which, by the way, I've heard that they have a shortage of females. Um, of You know, like marriageable girls. Um, can you imagine uh, that somebody told anybody here in the United States, you know what the government at some point is going to tell you? That you're only allowed to have one child. That's it. And if you don't do that, you're going to uh, forcibly get an abortion because you're only allowed one child per family. Most Americans would think, what? And it's like, oh, yeah. hello. They're trying to, they're trying to ha make it happen anyways. With, yeah. Uh, destroying the family, uh, making sure you can't raise your kids, stay raising them. Uh, yes. Infidelity, fertility rates, all-time low. Yes. Yes. They're trying to like get away, get around through that anyways because – um, yeah, and this is old world thinking, anyways. You know, like you can look at Islam or, or you know, like having, even in India anywhere, like those, having a girl. It's like, oh no, and, you know, like I have to have a son. And blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's uh, because, and uh, it's almost like I want to say because this is almost like, you know, a lot of people will think of it as the patriarchy, but I think it's not really that. I think it's that it comes from a time when. Life was hard scrabble, and you were looking at survival, and a male child could help you survive more than a female child, whether it was for hunting, for just sheer strength, right. you know. Your, your, your daughter you sold for a freaking cow or whatever. But my son, you know what? He can, he can, he can, uh, he can help me farm. He can go hunt. He can go oh, whatever. Exactly. Yep. You uh, know. It's, just, it's the old mentality. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, because you were looking at physical endurance but um i mean i had this was a few years right. back I, and i i i'd never i mean i was aware of this thing with china you know and that you only were allowed to one child and etc but a few years back she used to work with me and she uh she went to china and she you know went to the capital cities and everything and they went on a tour and she's telling me she, she says she doesn't really see that many women or girls around so one of the times she asks one of the guides like man i see a lot of men but not that many women. What's up? And the guy told them that because of the huge amount of girls that, you know, that were born and the families would kill them because that one child thing and they wanted a boy, 
there was a shortage of females. He says, the guy told her, there will be many men here who will never be able to marry and have children because there's not enough women of that age to go around. And, you know, that, that takes a couple of generations for it to actually happen. But, yeah, I could see where all of a sudden, if all you're producing or allowed to develop into adults, these are the next generation, are males, it's like, guess what? Folks, there aren't enough girls to go around. Well, that's why there's obsessed with robotics and marrying robots now. Oh, that's like that's brothels and. All Let me that. tell you something. That's that's. Yeah, that's uh, what was it? And I've seen also people like marrying like their cars. Like, what is that? Hello, yeah. that's exactly. what's wrong with that? You know, that's kind of where we're going, man. It's the mass. You know, psychosis going on. Well, there was um, you know, there's a there's a science fiction writer. I don't know if you ever heard him, Isaac Asimov. He he he. All right, you know, one of his main um themes when it was doing the sci-fi for the robots was sentience. At what point Mm -hmm. did the robots become sentient? Okay, and he talked about it. uh, I can't remember what the title of the of the novel was. And there was one where, exactly like what they have now, where robots kind of look robots, but they kind of like human, you know. And the story is where the girl falls in love with this robot who she lives with, but was meant really as like a companion, you know, like service. Because of that that blurring of lines of where AI becomes sentient. And let's face it, us human beings, we're wired to become attached to animals and things and even our car. I mean, I have, you have favorite things, but not to the point of wanting to like marry them. And, um, this is, this is the main, I wrote a book on transhumanism, uh, robot zombies. And this is the main concern. Okay. Of, of robotics. This is, 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 is making sure there's safety mechanisms for when the AI becomes aware, right. It becomes sentient to the point where it realizes that it can just wipe us out. So right. I mean, like you gotta have those safety mechanisms because it's just a matter of time when Skynet will just turn. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you have the whole idea of you know fall in love with your with your robot wife or. or and... Well, because especially if it's designed to be human-like, or to fake emotion, because let's face it, that they're well, faking, they're programmed to do it. They're programmed, right? That's why all art now is at a risk of losing because if a robot is programmed to create the works of Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. And you have a robot that's programmed to play every piece of piano composition ever written. You know, where 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 is that going to leave you in the creative aspect? And and well, and, we're, and we're not even in the creative zones anymore. Like we're basically out of it. Well, what what um the other day I was uh, reading a piece about computer generated music, which is what you said, or basically uh we're t- automation or robotics, whatever you want to call it. And um, they were saying the only setback that it has now is that robotics or computer generated music they don't know they don't know how to tell the difference between what's good music or bad music they can produce it okay right. well, but they, they just know because it's all based on algorithm that's Eggs. why any and you know any 12 year old with a computer can make a, a trance album or a you know a hip-hop album basically right computers same thing it's going like it could write a novel like they're writing like you know, for me as a writer, it's terrifying because yes. when, when robots are winning are, are writing novels and winning awards for writing novels based on algorithmic inputs, 
and I can barely finish the novel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, what the hell's going on? It's ridiculous. Yes, and it's like people don't. Um, there's a movie that came out. I want to say it was last year. I want. Oh, what? I, th- I think it was either Swedish. It, it was in English, but it was called Ex Machina. Oh yeah. Did you see that? The yep. theory on that was at the end was how that thing that, you know, she faked. She like, in other words, the machine had was able to tell when somebody was lying because they were able to capture all the telltale signs that humans give off when they're being untruthful. But us as humans, we can't do the same. <laughs> and uh, in, in other words, bottom line, which is what they're saying, we're at a disadvantage. There will come a point where it tilts in the other direction. And even though we might be the creators, we will be at a disadvantage. We're toast. Like I've already, I've I've studied it. I've I've seen where it's going. Uh, I know like their plans. I know that's like their ultimate end game plan. You know, it'd be like the movie Elysium. You know, they're living off off world on their orbiting space stations. And, you know, we're basically down here kind of stuck with our robot overlords. And uh, it's just a matter of time, you know, and it just, it sucks, but it's going to take a lot to make sure prevent it doesn't happen. I don't think people realize, you know, they're still trying to get World War Three going. They're still trying to figure out how to, you know, and the, and those models don't work anymore. It still blows right. my mind that they actually convinced everyone to fight in World War Two and World War One, and they're like what for what, you know? Right. Well, and and, and and I think that if you look at different cultures, different countries, the regular people, nobody wants that. Everybody wants just Nobody to be happy. That. Nobody wants that. We, want, we got cool smartphones and we got freaking HBO Go and yeah. Wi-Fi and, and we got it's know, like, cool I, cars. And, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I think people just want to be happy. Nobody. It's like I don't want. I don't want to conquer another country. I don't want to yeah, conquer its does. people. <laughs> I just. No I just want me to be happy, and I want them to be happy. I don't want to like want have a. Exactly. <laughs> we want. I mean, okay. Obviously, we don't want anyone. In this day and age, still stuck with communism or still sure. living under douchebags. Exactly. You know, there's certain things that need to change on that front, but at the same time, yes, uh, I agree. The idea of like a war-based economy is, is nonsense, especially when they can sell five billion dollars in weapons. You know, you don't need to use them; you can still sell them. You right. Know, like, make your money, but there's no point. Exactly. Like, who, exactly. No one cares. Like no one. Nobody I think cares. that the, I mean, the general population Russia, in all these countries. Russia, like, what, what the hell is going on with Russia? No, like nothing. What, what has Russia ever done? Like, who cares? Like, I would want to go to Russia. Don't you want to go check out Moscow? Yes. And not be, like, considered a spy or something? Like, what? For what? You know, I can't go, I can't go check out Russia? What do you mean? Like, it's, you know, I, I, so I think that the old world and all this propaganda and everything is, is failing miserably. And uh, I, I just thank God that Trump's, Trump got elected. Yeah. I know he's not perfect. I know. No, I know that. I know that. Things. But you know what? But, I but think, I think, I think that. Million it, times better for sure. They needed, and I guess, they needed to kick out a lot of what was there, regardless of what party it was, oh, because it was a, really all, they served the same order. Yeah, matter. yeah. They, they they needed to like look behind the curtain, man. That's the whole yeah, point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They needed to like wipe the slate clean, and it says not. It doesn't really have anything to do with party lines because it was like everybody was in on it, and the ones that yes. were getting screwed was us, the regular people. It doesn't matter. You yeah, asked them, and so I. I uh, it's been an incredible first year, and we'll see. You know, we got—I think we got seven more to go. And, and yeah. based on what happened this year, I can only imagine—you know—what what, what it, the turnaround is going to be in uh, uh, 
I don't know. I think everyone should kind of pray for that dude and kind of. Let me ask kinda... something. What What do you think? Uh, you know, he just came back from Davos. Oh, it was great. His speech in yeah. Davos was excellent. I mean, yes. And they lied and said he was booed. That's not even true. They just lie all the time. And, uh, to me, the best part is like his 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 fake news, bombing of the fake news. You know. Let like me tell you something. I I look at that so and ridiculous, so propaganda, garbage. And you know what? I look at that and I remember when I was graduating, I was considering going to journalism. That's what my degree is in. And I was, and I look at things the way, the what I thought being a journalist was, and I'm thinking, what, are there any journalists left? Really? No, Aren't there any? No, let me tell you something. I, when I had my degree, and then I kind of worked the AP for a brief stint, and I realized right away the propaganda, right away the CIA was in control, the narrative, mm -hmm. and, and, and I was like, no, we're done. And then any, any actual real journalist who actually did something, right. they get killed. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you're right. You're right. Yeah. I write my little bullcrap conspiracy stuff, you know. Yeah. Film school, I'm trying to make some, you know, see what happens. Yeah. I'm good, and hopefully I'll be okay. But no way in hell I'm gonna risk my life for. No, you know, that that yeah, no that 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 the truth of you know even if you were even if you're doing what they call investigative journalism is like, you know, what happened to journalism being the truth? Let's not put it one, no, I, like, I'm going to take my, what I think about it. I'm going to report the truth, whatever it is, good, bad, or in between. That's what I'm going to do. That doesn't exist anymore. Like, uh, what it, happened? It, it, now on TV, like, that's why I respect, like, you know, InfoWars, and of course you look conditioned to think that's garbage or whatever, but that's, you know, you're conditioned because you watch... Uh, right, or right. Well, they, they these big um, media companies—they've developed this reputation of being a journalist, which is like that's not what journalism is. No, it's not. It's just pure garbage. It's pure propaganda. Pure propaganda. Yeah, I mean, you always thought of the best journalists are the ones that went and got the truth and just brought it out. And it's like, it is what it is. You put the cards down, where, that's it. That's what it is. Good or bad, and you, and... Um, it doesn't exist. Look at, look at, okay, well, here's an example. Most of the crap that's thrown at Trump comes from the Washington Post. Washington Post, even though it's owned by Bezos, mm -hmm. not really because, you know, the CIA gave him like $600 million, right? So okay. it's technically, it's just, has been, even since the 70s, uh, the, basically the brainchild, mouthpiece of the establishment. In the mm -hmm. CIA since the 70s, nothing's changed. Uh, so it's always anonymous sources or blah blah blah. You know, it's just. It, well, and this is. Um... You know, when you can't even read the paper anymore, you can't even watch the news. Like literally, you have to watch the local news, and then you know, as soon as they go to a national story, you just might as well just mute it. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be. I I I. To, them, you know, it's, it's, to me personally, I'm very disappointed because. It's like this is not what it's supposed to be, and I, I, I admit to it. There's a part of me that's a real idealist, <laughs> sometimes to my own detriment. But yeah, I, uh, I, I'm sad to see that that's what are considered good journal journalism or good journalists, and it's like that's not that's not what it was meant to be, not at all. I mean, I check the Drudge Report uh, daily, and that's kind of the closest you can get to a well, right, yeah, well-rounded, you know, because um, you know you're still gonna want to to know and see what's going on. Of course, you know, absolutely, and, uh, absolutely. But for the most part, it's just, it, it's sad. I mean, I remember when Yahoo came out and you used to have the Yahoo answer. Mm -hmm. And it was, 
and it was fun. You could get on there and you could fun. You could kind of crack jokes and you kind of make fun of stuff and get some information or whatever. But then, you know, when that PC culture hit and, and everyone got offended by everything, I mean, they got rid Man, of everything. Let me tell you something. You know? I came from a time when people would smoke at their desks. <laughs> okay, that's how far that, that was like. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I could, like I tell everybody, I could understand. I remember, you know, you had the guy, the people that would smoke and you see like a little cloud over their cubicle. And I get it. You know, I understand for health reasons. Don't get me wrong. It's not like, but I come from the time where, talk about like you know and then they moved them to the cafeteria and then they segue then they finally they moved them out from the front and then they couldn't be by the front door and then you they put them out in the middle of the park <laughs> it was like they kept moving the smokers and you know all these things but what i'm saying is um the workplace it was just a different um it was a different animal and i want to say even back then where like you said there wasn't all this pc internally people would regulate people who are doing inappropriate stuff, okay? It, it happened. Everybody thinks, oh, okay, everybody got away with stuff. No, people didn't get away with stuff. Yes, of course, absolutely, there were times when you had certain people that were so extreme in their conduct that, believe me, they would be handled by management. But for other minor stuff, if you had somebody that was like, I'm going to give you an example, somebody that was always using foul language or saying inappropriate they would regulate within the people that were the other co-workers. They'd be like, shut up, man. Or people would walk away like, what are you doing? They would get ostracized. So you had the self-regulation, you know, but you weren't out to get anybody fired. You know, it was... Right. That's the way it should be, though. I mean, uh, you know... You got to understand, too, the workplace now, I mean, besides being ridiculous and, and no money, I mean, you made more money back then than people make now. Oh, for yeah. Sure. And people yeah. were like, what? What? No way. Like, yeah, they made... Uh, they used to make some good money back in the day, yeah. you know, even yeah. though there might have been as many jobs, but the jobs that were paid a lot better well, considering what you had to pay for. What you know, it was wasn't... was what you made and without having to be a top of the was enough. The cost of living, in other words, that you had enough, enough. you exactly. could live and you could make plans to better yourself. Right. You know, yeah, like so if you're you're you're. You're basically now you're paying almost 80 percent of everything oh, yeah. just to survive. Yeah, this know? is what they were saying that, you know, a lot of Americans are one paycheck away from disaster. That's okay, it. And so no one has more than you know a thousand bucks in their bank. Right, and like yeah, I'm gonna put away money. Like yeah, right. No, How? No one. It's you know. impossible. And, the, and like you can't save it in the bank because no. they don't even give you nothing. So right, like, exactly. That's the interest rate. They use their money to gamble with, basically. Yes, they do. They do. They, they, I mean, that's the whole, that's a whole on. Let me ask you, this last book that you came out with, Liquid Conspiracies, what is that about? Oh, that's the, that was a fun one. That um, basically was about how the CIA introduced uh, acid and, and LSD, like psychedelics. I know. I, I saw that. That was like, yeah. back, what, what is this, like in the 1960s you're talking about as far as what those think tanks where people were taking LSD or what? Yeah, well, it went earlier, I mean, but. I mean, basically, you know, once in the, I guess, 50s, 40s and 50s, once uh, they discovered uh, Standout's laboratory uh, mm -hmm. was the only one who was basically creating the stuff. And they went and bought it all out, and then they tested it on each other, and then they kind of, you know, they're always looking for true serums, you know, and and uh, and, and they kind of started to dole it out to the universities and to the um, veterans' hospitals to, to right. monitor it. And basically what happened in, in the 60s was uh, – Ken Kesey, the guy who wrote One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, mm -hmm. uh, he was a struggling writer at Stanford, and he, you know, needed some 25 bucks, and they were like, oh, you know, come do this experiment, LSD, you know, for 25 bucks. He's like, cool, sign me up. 
So he went and did it, and it blew his mind. But... And he was like, well, well, you know, can I get a job? <laughs> so he <laughs> yes. was getting a job as a janitor, and, and so he could just have access to, the, to all the LSD. And, uh, and that's kind of what inspired him to write the, the novel, and that's kind of where it comes from, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, right. Eventually, he just stole all of it and left, and basically that's started the whole uh, acid experiment, the Grateful Dead, and, and everybody else, and it kind of, you know... All right, uh, like, yeah. Larry on the East Coast did his thing, you know, he was... The stuffy doctor point of view, they were doing that. Um, but what happened was they found out that, you know... It, it had benefits, and it was actually a good thing. And of course, you know the government wants to make everything illegal. As soon as they find out, like, oh wait a minute, it's good. Like, yeah, we got to make money off of it. Got to throw the hippies in jail, right? Wow. Make it illegal, throw the hippies in jail, create the counterculture, basically. Uh, but now, you know, after demonizing it for so long, they're actually having to admit, and and basically, you know, like, yeah, this psychedelic. Uh, especially magic mushrooms, you know, they're mm-hmm. finding out how it helps depression and everything else. So, uh, but you know, it's it's a fun little book about, you know, the the cosmic, the cosmic keeper of the universe, right? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, LSD, uh, CIA experiment. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to tell you something, Xavier, and I think that a lot of people don't realize it because we live so, which is not a bad thing to live in the now. Don't get me wrong, but. I think that a lot of people fail to recognize that whether it's a government or a deep state, they, they plan for long. They, they plan 10, 20, 30 years into the future as to the effects of what they're doing now. In other words, hey, 30 years from now, we want this to take place or we want this, the population to be thinking this way or whatever, whatever it is that their goal is. And they start now, uh, whatever it is that they need to do to achieve that down the road. And a lot of people think, I think, are like, oh, come on. And I'm like, no, you know, if all you need is a little bit of understanding of human behavior and um, and about the humans, let's say, I'm going to say the United States, to say this is the goal we want. This is how we're going to get there. But this is what we're going to have to do. We, if, we, if we throw this at people, we're going to have a revolution on our hands. But if we feed it into... The everyday, little by little by little, whether it's through cinema or through music or whatever, whatever. It's increments slowly. Yes. Everything is predictive programming through Hollywood and and, and even that. But it's so now it's so obvious. Like I can't even watch television because it's it's all propaganda. It's literally all written by the CIA. All every show you see is propaganda, propaganda, uh, steering the masses. You know, putting it out there subliminally, subconsciously. uh, You know, but. And let me tell you something. I, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm alone in thinking I, that's insulting. <laughs> First of all, why can't you just tell a story? If let's say you want to do a movie, if you want to produce a movie, tell a story, fine. But there's always got to be some, like you said, behind the scenes uh, uh, narrative, or this is you know manipulation or social right, engineering. Why, and it's exactly. like, why are you doing that? Why don't you just tell a story? Are, see, people are hip to it now. People yeah. are sick of it. That's why Hollywood has had its worst year in like 50 years. That's why yes. it's tanking. NFL yes. is tanking. All of it's tanking. Because they lost the way. The point is to tell a good story. You make a good movie, tell a good story, yeah. people will react. They'll like it. Yeah, that's exactly. What we need. That's, what, that's what's missing. That's what, you know, I hope to be able to kind of get back to that. I have some film I want to do. And, you know, it's yes. good stories. I mean, that's woman was a success. Not because, uh, you know, the woman power thing or even because one of a woman is super hot. 
It's not because the story was good. And it was exactly, good exactly, you know, exactly. Tell the story. Just tell a story, whatever, you know. If Yeah, of course, you know, you're going to filter it in the sense of your creativity. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why some directors are better than others, you know, or some actors are better than others. I, I understand that, you know. But at the end of the day, it's like, just tell the story. The, the, and let leave the social engineering out. Leave the... Uh, leave it out. Leave it out. And stop being yeah, so insulting that you want to tell me how to think or what and to feel. Virtue signaling. Like, oh, oh my god, man. It's funny because you, you notice they're removing the con comment sections now because like, if you read the comment section, it's like, oh, everyone's against everything. They're like, they're yeah. against all the crap they're pushing. Yeah. Like literally, it's like ninety to one. Like. Uh, yeah, you see, you see a lot of stuff now. Nowadays, like let's say I, if I watch something on Netflix or a new series that comes on, I look at the comments because, like you said, overall sometimes it's like, forget, I'm not even gonna bother because I just, bother, right? I, I like, why can't you just give me a? Oh, and and well, that's a thing for another idea, you know, that they repackage everything that came out years so ago, like remake, no, reboots, yeah. no originality, yeah. no originality, no originality. What's going the millennials are, are are offended by everything. I guess like Friends now is like <laughs> somehow Friends is like the new. Uh, everyone's offended by Friends now. Really? What's offensive? What's offensive about I, Friends? Like a bunch of things apparently. You know? It's, are you serious? Uh, yeah, look it up. It's uh, okay. I am because I'm thinking that's the most. <laughs> that was, that was that's a, a great show. I know. Yeah. Like, what's offensive about that? Millennials, man, they'll find anything and they'll be like, oh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Do you, ah, see that that's that that that's the resilience part I'm talking about. Like, what is that? Okay, uh, we we become. I, I'm telling you, I I'm I believe in you know I don't believe in uh, being insulting to people, but you can't handle human interaction this way where you can't. If somebody says something offensive, just walk away. I mean, it's like this is life, you know. Nobody yeah, wants exactly. to be, you're going to, or, or, you know, that you hear about all these people that need counseling. Are you serious? Oh, tell me about it. You know, it's like, you know, there's people out there that do truly, truly, for real, significant reasons need counseling. And when you get people walking in there and saying, I need counseling because it's like, you feel like kicking them, like, right in the butt, like, right out the front door. Like, are you... It, it, it brings me to the the flight of the concords the uh, uh, song i got hurt feelings <laughs> what is that it's kind of they're, they're way ahead of time on that one let me tell you something i what is that cry me a river and by this believe me i'm a pushover i'm a softy i call i tell i'm a wimp i am i am but you know what it's that this is life you're gonna run into people who are disagreeable or they're jerks you know, or you just don't, they're, they're, they're just stupid. And it's like, okay, you know, you flip them off and you walk away. That's it. Hello. You dummy. Okay. Whatever. You know, go on your way and be happy. But I don't that's go it, like, move on. <laughs> yeah, move on. Exactly. You don't, you don't, it doesn't determine like, oh my God, I think I'm, I have to go home and be agoraphobic because yeah, going out into the real world. Psychiatrist. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh well, my God. Xavier, these days, it's Crazy. it's it's been great to talk to you. We, you have got to come back, and we've got to talk some more about this because um, I think, like you you pointed out, there's a lot of things that are going to come out about manipulation, which um, I'm totally against. I, I I don't think that us as human beings 
or as a country should be manipulated in any way. It's insulting to us. It's insulting that that we wouldn't know how to make decisions or uh, that we don't care about our fellow man or or it's any of that. Like to think that oh white supremacy or whatever they're they're spewing is nonsense. Uh, yes. It's like wait, so you're telling me the Constitution is, is uh, somehow white supremacy when the first two freaking amendments are uh, freedom of speech, which is like unique in all the history of the world. We're, we're literally allowed. Yes. <laughs> the yes. Government gave us literally allowed to say whatever the hell we want. Right, which is and the two, thing. The right to have a gun, not because to hunt, not because you're afraid of your fellow man, because the government. So you can protect yourself against the government. Uh, so, I mean, well, it, you know it what? And, to do with white supremacy. That's, that's profound. These were learned men who knew who, who knew what, what was up with the world, and they were, and they wrote this for our time, for us, not for them. Well, I they think they still had a problem establishing it during their time. And think about how crazy the Revolutionary War is for them to even pull that off. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, this is at that time the. England, the English Empire was—they were the Ooh. one of the most powerful. They were the most powerful army yeah. uh, in the world at that time, you know. And but and and I think is that when they, in other words, I think number one that whether you the right to bear arms, if you have a gun or you don't have a gun, you should have a choice, okay? And you shouldn't be made to feel like you're a bad person if you decide Ooh, okay. I want to keep. A firearm for my safety. Anyone who's ever traveled and come back from England and everywhere else, I just, it, it kind of scares me to think like, wow, no one has guns. No one's allowed to have a gun. And mass murderers agree gun control works. You know, Hitler, Stalin. Yeah, of course. Pot, every dictator in history, the first thing they did was take away the gun. Let me tell you something. There was a point at that my job, I was already, I was, you know, like I said, uh, I was living alone in my house and I had uh, a very erratic schedule and I would come home sometimes at two or three in the morning come home or have to leave in the middle of the night for what I was doing and I care I had a firearm why because better believe it by the time I got the police that's it <laughs> okay and thankfully I never had to use it I mean I know how to shoot it but you know what you I was into self-preservation I didn't want to yeah, find they out. They used to teach that in school. They used to teach that yeah. to your children. I remember I had to learn all that. It's just yeah. it's part of being like an American. You learn yeah. the power and the responsibility, and we have this right. And hopefully you'll never have to use it, but it's a lot. You feel a lot better, especially if you're a woman and it's late at night. It's a lot better feeling to have a gun. Well, it was one of those things, and, and, and a lot of people don't realize that just because I decided it was, to me, my, my, my most fervent wish was never, ever, ever to have to use it much less against another human being because I think that it would destroy my life even if I had to do it to save my own. You, 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 you wouldn't want to. But, but I didn't want to become a statistic either. Exactly. <laughs> I exactly. was... Yep. I, safe and sorry. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and I think that when they start trying to make everybody like either that you're either going... that that you don't have a conscience or you don't care about other human beings or you don't or you underestimate the power that you have with a firearm and what damage that's not true that's not true um but at the same time there's there's a responsibility you have towards your own safety you know but they try so hard with the gun control and it doesn't work they can do all the false flags they want it doesn't work it'll never not america it'll never work well 
I, I, I think that, like I said, all this, um, I'm, I'm anti-control. <laughs> I am. I really well, am. Well, that's me too. And it's disgusting because, you know, the founding fathers didn't, you know, they didn't write the Constitution so we could have half our stuff given to the government. I mean, look at all of the fines, all the taxes, IRS, Federal Reserve, yes. CAM. I mean, look at all the taxes we've had since, I mean, the 30s, like the 40s, none of that even existed, most of it. Uh, so it's complete nonsense. Uh, most of it needs to go away. And it's funny because they collect record taxes, but they're like, oh, we're still in debt. <laughs> debt to who? Well, the thing is this, that, that even now, uh, a lot of these things that have come out by, about the IRS, and that's like, you know, that, that they, it, they're like, they're horrible. You know, the... the, the... 24 trillion missing, but, yeah. you know, like, they can't, people are so poor, still in poverty, you can't give... You know, extra hundred grand to everybody who pays their taxes at the end of the year to get get like while business is blooming. But you got twenty four trillion missing you can't account for? I mean, come on. Yeah, there's a lot of things there that it just doesn't add up. And the the, the the upside of you know, of disclosure and the internet and people being able is that people now are realizing things that they're like there's questioning like what is going on and and it's even the most amazing part. I want to say people that normally were just like, I don't, I'm not involved in politics. I just want to do my, you know, live, live my life, go to work, take care of my family. Now they're looking up and going, what is this? What is going on? Hello? People are like, they're like, this is not good. And this is not what I thought it was. I'll tell you what, man. The internet has saved all of our lives. Because yes. the biggest mistake the government ever made was allowing that to get out and allowing us to have access to it. And you like, better believe they would have had many wars and many systems of control if there was no internet so we could all thank yeah thank lucky stars for that the power of information knowledge power is power it is it is it is it absolutely is but anyway xavian thank you so much for spending this time it has been wonderful I, I would love to bring you back so we can talk some more conspiracy theories and of course you're a miamian so definitely uh you know we can talk also about what's going on here in south florida and the weather and you're all envious especially if you're listening to this and you've got a snowstorm going on outside <laughs> so thank you again it has been wonderful and uh, i want to wish you the best of luck in any of your new endeavors thank you and uh i could do this anytime i had a great conversation and you were I'm wonderful always open to yes i will keep an eye out for your books take care darling Good Thank luck you. to you. Bye-bye. Bye. Whew, wow. See? We do have great weather down here. But anyway, just a lot of humidity, but I wouldn't have it any other way. A lot of food for thought. A lot of food for thought. Okay? And, um... I'm a big believer in live and let live. And by that I mean, uh, I believe, I, I, I don't like when they try to regiment human beings like, you got to think this way and you're No, I think we should all be allowed to believe what we would like to believe, whether it's religious, political, non-political, if you want to be an atheist, if you, whatever. I think we should all be allowed that freedom, okay? And I think that, uh, and like I said, I believe in the structure of society to protect its citizens up to a certain point so that it works, so that it functions, okay? But not to the point where then all of a sudden everything you say or do is scrutinized and you better be on the right side of that argument. No, that's, that, that's not 
human being that's not what what we're meant for we're meant to how can i say be i mean we're all individuals every you know there's introverts there's extroverts there's people that are friendlier there's people that are not friendly you know whatever but it should all be okay you know you shouldn't be condemned for some type of behavior unless it's really aberrant like you know you're harming other human beings okay then that's different but i believe that we should be i know some people are going okay marlene that's the idea we should be free we should be free um to be happy to pursue happiness however we want to be happy because i think ultimately that's what all human beings want whatever country you're from you just want to be happy okay uh and happiness is different things for different people you know sometimes for some people it's uh, certain material things for other people it's like i have a family and i'm happy with this this is what i want i want to be have my children whatever whatever it should be you should have the ability and the freedom to attain that happiness whatever it is that it whatever it's meant for you you know we're not you that one size fit all doesn't work for human beings it doesn't okay and um and i think that when uh whether it's very apparent or very subtle when they start trying to regulate people and their thoughts and their behavior and steer you ah, no 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 that, that that that's not the way um i want to say that the best of humankind comes out it doesn't because i think that when you don't put any type of restrictions or uh punishment that's when um like the renaissance this is where human creativity develops and flourishes and uh whether it's creativity like writing music or where we're talking engineering technical or you know mathematics what whatever whatever goes on in your gray matter that that's where you're good at okay that it just explodes that 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 ability to create that human beings have whatever it might be once you start that you know um that either castigation or or telling people this is the right way or the wrong uh, no Mm-mm. you know i and i've said it before i i believe in humanity i believe humans will triumph against adversity i guess i think that you know a lot of people will say well human you know uh i th- i think that humans do value life even though sometimes it's hard to believe it when we see things but yes i i do believe that um not in transhumanism but i'm a humanist i believe that human beings are good okay i do be- and and i know there's some that are bad but i'm saying overall i believe humans are good and that we will triumph and that we will um become the best that we have which i think is really the ultimate of our existence besides being happy is being to develop to become our best selves whatever that might be and that's the thing not everything is right for everybody you know you will have somebody that and i'm going to give you as a woman you know you have some women that want to be want to stay home want to raise a family want to have their children this is what it fulfills them okay and you have a woman that she says i want to have a career or i want to be an explorer i want to travel things that maybe sometimes they just don't gel good 
with their family life. They this, but this like not one's not right and the other one's wrong, or not one's not smarter than the other one. I think that we should all have that freedom to pick and choose, to uh, fulfill whatever it is that we or that dream that we have, whatever it may be, and one's not better than the other. Okay, I'm getting out my soapbox now. <laughs> But anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show. I love talking to Xavier. And he's something else. Um, please subscribe to my channel, whether it's uh, you're seeing the video on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast version on any of the platforms like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, TuneIn. I'm there. Just look for me. Miami Ghost Chronicles. And I do want to thank you so very, very much for being part of my audience. And uh, my true believers, don't forget to send me your stories. Go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Look for Submit Your Story. Because for all the people that write books and have great stories that are published, there's a million untold wonderful stories out there that I'm waiting to hear about from you guys. So again, take care. And what's today for me? Today's Saturday. Have a great weekend wherever you are at. See you guys.